Welcome to Career Tools. Coronavirus, personal finances, emergency spending guy. Here we go. Folks, this cast answers these questions during a very, very challenging time. What changes can I make right now to reduce my personal costs? What changes can I make to reduce spending in times of crisis? And if we've ever had one, now is the time. If you're here looking for balance, you might be looking for ways to make yourself more effective without sacrificing efficiency. Have you tried Roadmap? It's really meant to lead you through the Manager Tools Trinity rollout in small, easily digestible steps. The goal is to allow you to manage your rollout, your team, and your time. It's part of a personal license, which has a ton of great benefits, and I'm just really partial to Roadmap. The steps are broken down into daily items that take less than five minutes each. It reminds you when and what to do. If you want to ask a question, you can, and we will respond. Roadmap highlights podcasts that support the steps as well. If you're a new listener, you may not have heard all these casts, and they're really good. You might consider Roadmap for your Trinity rollout. We're releasing this cast in late March of 2020 during the height of the pandemic, coronavirus pandemic, and uh, most of the U.S., and I assume a good portion of the uh, world, is in -in shelter-in-place rules. And um, at the same time, what that means is right now people are focusing on coronavirus, but in a month or two, the shift will come and we'll start thinking about the economy. And we believe, uh, I've never believed, I've ever been right about anything relative to predicting the economy, (laughs) but I I bet my life I'm right about the coming recession. Uh, Everyone I talk to, all the executives, everyone uh, says it. You know, I, I put out a weekly email to our licensees only. And this week, uh, it just went out actually this morning. I've already gotten several emails about it. And um, I mentioned it last week, and I probably got 50 emails last week from people talking about, uh, yeah, no question, a recession is coming. And the the comment from several very senior, very more important than senior experienced executives who have been around for a while said, yeah, this wave, this coming wave is going to take good people with it, not just poor performers or people at the margins or maybe people at the lower end. It's going to take people who have never been gotten before. Um, So we want to help our audience. Um, We want you guys to undertake some serious cost cutting uh, in your personal life to extend the ability of you to stay in your home and for your family to stay where it is and to ride out this recession. Uh, so, Kate, I ask you to be on the cast because I know you're an aficionado of frugal living. <laughs> and um, so I'll let you take it away. What's our outline? We're going to cover three things. We're going to talk about cutting costs now, our emergency spending guide, and then how and where to cut as well. So we're going to give some specific guidance on that. And we'll start with cutting costs now. Um, earlier this week, we released a manager tools cast, right? And during yeah, we did. that cast, always, during that cast, we talked about a scene from the movie Margin Call, which is one of our favorite movies. And the CEO yes. in the, uh, the movie, he uses an analogy about hearing music to describe reading the economy's future. You know, we're not usually guessing the economy's future, but we, we feel pretty certain in this case. And in his analogy, he says, 
Uh, I'm afraid standing here tonight that I don't hear a thing, just silence. And he's referring to the status of the economy, right? Like how how things are going to go for his organization and things like that. And and um, we feel that very deeply right now. We we at Manager Tools, we certainly both Mark and I believe that the silence is upon us in terms of the economy and finances. <laughs> we believe that a very deep recession is coming. Yeah. Um, if the definition we consider the definition of a recession, we think about two quarters of negative uh, GDP growth. And thinking about that, if the impact to the economy at the end of the first quarter, which is coming at the end of this month, so in you know, a week. Yeah. January, February, March, Q1. Yeah. If it's significant enough to cause negative growth, then the earliest that a recession could be considered official is 90 days from now. And and so maybe some of you are thinking, well, we're not officially in a recession. Okay, true. Yeah. But we don't believe that you can wait. I think that's important. I think you would be, yeah, you can't. And 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 we're being particularly pessimistic there by suggesting that after the January and February and the growth, that we could have such a hard fall. And 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 I think it's I think we will, but I suppose, because I'm no econometrics expert, that I don't uh, know how to do the math to determine whether or not at the end of March, we will have had negative GDP growth. Um, there are smarter people than me, and somebody will send me an email, and probably one of my friends who's a listener will send me an email, say, are you kidding me? Of course, the number is this, and you should know. Regardless, uh, if for some reason... Let's say the economy grows uh, by 0.1%. I'm using the U.S. as an example, folks. Obviously, your economy may be different. There are certainly some countries, uh, I, I think China's uh, will be negative. Uh, and, and China is such a huge player on the world economy now. I think it's the second biggest economy in the world that, that they're going to in, uh, infect others. And I promise you that wasn't a pun. But even if we stay positive, look, it's even worse if we stay positive this quarter. It is because this quarter's already happened. So it doesn't really matter whether, you know, the, the effects on you of this quarter have already happened. Mm -hmm. But if we eke out a positive, there are people who will say, there'll be governmental officials all, all over the world that say, well, Technically, we're not in a recession yet because the definition of recession is two quarters with negative GDP growth. So if this quarter is not negative, that would then mean if you're not paying attention to financial news and so on, if you're not uh, reading well beyond the coronavirus or you're only thinking about your job, you may be led to believe that there is no recession for six months until we have met the technical definition of it. Now, mm -hmm. I think people who are listening to and reading, uh, uh, um, uh, watching about the coronavirus are certainly hearing things anecdotally and on the margins about the economy and so on. And governments are trying to do everything they can to bail things out. And and, and, and um, that's all well and good. But, but it amazes me every time I am talking to a group, I mean, travel around, talk to clients, get asked to speak, that I can see looks on people's faces when I say, well, 
here's this. I, I mentioned something about economics or about supply and demand or, well, you can't do that because this will happen. And the looks on people's faces, uh, you know, those people who didn't study economics, let's say, uh, macro or microeconomics or behavioral economics or what have you, mm-hmm. um, you know, w- one of the lessons I'm reminded of is uh, I've been around for as a professional for 40 years now, I've forgotten what I didn't know <laughs> when I was 22 or 23. And there are so many things. I mean, honestly, there are so many things. And now I, I can't help it. And and by the way, there are some things I didn't learn until I was 40 that other people learned when they were 21. So uh, I'm not saying I'm a genius. I'm just saying my experience, I suspect, will be like many of yours if you're listening and you're younger, you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. You will discover that you don't remember when you learn things, and you'll you'll think mistakenly, "Oh yeah, I've always known that. I've always known that GDP is this factor, and and profitability and productivity and connect are connected, and uh, and uh, happy employees are not more productive than unhappy employees. Actually, it's the other way around. Productive employees are happier. Uh, the cause and effect on that is wrong. Um, but I I didn't know that when I was twenty five or thirty. I had to spend a lifetime, you know nearly a lifetime studying management to know it. So you may not know that. I, I When I sit, talk and people, I see the looks on people's faces, they're, they're astounded at some things that, that I know are not my opinion. They're fundamental economic laws. And so we're going to say things, there's a phrase, phrase we have around here, we're going to say things that uh, go without saying, because sometimes the thing that things that go without saying need to be said. Mm-hmm. Um. So your point was you were about to say, and I interrupted you and went on a long soliloquy because I'm used <laughs> to being on Manager Jules Cast where I talk all the time. Yeah. But but um, you were about to say that you, you we can't wait for an official announcement. Right. Given everything you just said, even if a recession doesn't happen, and and really I can't imagine that it that it isn't coming for us, the yeah. short term cuts that we're going to suggest here will not hurt you. If you make these cuts, you will probably yeah. benefit from them regardless of when we come back out of this or when things shift again. And more than that, if you don't make cuts in the next 90 days, because there isn't an official recession or announcement or whatever, you may well end up in dire economic straits after this. Yeah, guys, I mean, yeah, it's dire, dire. Yeah, we want to give you guidance we believe will support you to the best of our ability. Uh, Because many, if, if not all, many, if not most of us, okay, We'll face time off work, reductions in salaries. As of this podcast, we're recording it you know, late, late March. More hotel workers have been laid off due to the coronavirus pandemic than were laid off after the crash of 2008 and 9-11 combined. Which has to say combined. something. Combined. Which has to say something to us about just where we were before and where we are now and therefore how we should behave now. I'll just mention another example, okay? Uh, You mentioned people being furloughed or facing time off of work. Um, Furloughed is sort of the new thing. People, you know, I think companies are saying, hey, you're going to lose your job, but we're going to hire you back. You're not being laid off. If a company lays you off, I generally posit that less than than 10% of those people could believe, maybe even less than 5% of those people who are laid off by a company could believe that they're going to get their job back. Furlough has a different 
um, connotation. And I actually think there are some companies who are using furlough when in fact they mean layoff because it's a softer reception in the media world. Be that as it may, if there is a layoff at your company, but some are laid off and some are furloughed, and you are furloughed, or let's say there's another group that says, look, we, we, everybody's got to take some pain. The top executives are going to cut their salary by 50%. Uh, the next level are going to cut their salary by 40% or 30% or whatever. Uh, but you will be asked to take a 20% pay cut. Okay. I think our guidance will make the difference between whether you think that's good or bad. Everybody else below you on the food chain, the people who get laid off, the people who get furloughed, the people who take bigger pay cuts and so on, would be thrilled to get that news. Mm -hmm. But because of a lack of preparation and you are living to the end of your money, as the old saying goes, you have month left over at the end of your money every month. And I I respect, I, I know whereof I speak. I've been there before. But if you are spending all your money now, if you are not cutting, when they cut your pay by 20% and your friends think, wow, you got a good deal, you get to stay. I mean, I, I could afford a 20% pay cut. That's fine. I tighten up here and there. But, but if you've been spending all your money and you don't have any cash and you don't know where your expenses are, you may end up in the three months of living on 20% pay creating so much credit card debt, you it may take you years to get out of it, and you're going to end up making these cuts anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, good. So, Kate, what's our recommendation? Start cutting costs today. Don't wait to start cutting until you think you might get, get laid off. Do it this week. If you can eliminate 30% of your spending, that money could be used to feed your family in the coming months. And you may need it to do exactly that. Yes, pay your mortgage or your car payment or things like that. Any cuts you make near term will help to support your family in the future, even if it just goes into savings or something like that, or, or, or you know, you you use it for something discretionary in the future. Yeah, look, if the recession, if the recession happens, yeah, you've got two choices. The recession's going to happen. I suppose there's three. It's a mild recession. It's a hard recession, or there's no recession. If you make these cuts now you'll have freed up some spending. Now, at the expense of some hurt feelings in your company that your kids can't get what they want or you can't buy what you want or you can't get you know, a new serious XM radio in your car at the time mm-hmm. you want, that's a choice that I made. I have an old Ford Mustang, a 1965 Mustang, and I was getting ready to put the XM radio in it um, mm. because it's so the radio is sold and bad that I can't get any music in it, not that I ever <laughs> drive it. And I realized... Boy, I can sure as heck do without that. So you will have those uh, effects uh, at the risk of potentially that spending creating you real problems if there is a, even a mild recession or a hard recession. So, so the risk that you take on by not doing anything is so massive to your family um, that we don't think you can stomach it. And so that means you know, the more you sweat in peace right now, the less you'll bleed in war. We may be wrong. Even if it's not, though, as bad as we think it's going to be, you may find at the end of this what so many do is that personal joy and security don't come from spending. You may find that your personal joy comes from something else. Uh, for myself, it's often experiences, and uh, that's a pretty common 
note about frugal living. You also could find, though, that some of these expenses you don't bring back in. You can cut these costs permanently. That may be another outcome here. You know, given the state of the economy prior to this pandemic, I think a lot of us had added a lot of things to our lives because uh, because the the economy was up. And you may find that you don't need all those things going forward either. Good. Okay. So. Yeah. Our emergency spending guide. So go. So So walk us through it. Had we put this cast out previously, right, we would have talked about how to manage your personal finances much more broadly. We'd have given you some simple guidance about how to create and maintain a budget, which we know many of you have. Got to have a budget. Yeah. This cast, though, is not about personal finances. What we're about to talk about, this is economic survival. This is how to face a recession that, as you said, may well cost even top performers their jobs. This is you losing your job but keeping your house. You know, we came up with this idea about the cast, and one of the analogies we, we talked about was that in war, surgery procedures flourish. There's innovation involved, in, and new surgeries, new procedures, new things come out of those because there's huge risks, right? And, and yeah, in those to situations, more yeah, that you're gonna you're gonna you're literally gonna lose the patient, and there's no procedure that has ever been tested by the medical and surgical community that will ever save this person. But you're saying. Look, I'm I'm dealing with hundreds of trauma cases here. I'm going to try anything I can. I don't care whether there's a test or not. We're going to see what happens. I, in fact, mm-hmm. I think the whole idea of coronary artery uh, taking a, a a piece of someone's femoral artery out of their leg and putting it in near the heart where there's heart disease uh, was invented um, in wartime, and, and and of course there are many others for for trauma and so on. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's a it sounds terrible, and we don't mean to be dramatic, folks, but, um, you know, every once in a while, you realize, you know what, I've been here before. I've had this feeling before. Um, I'm not much for predicting the future, but um, it's coming. Mm-hmm. All right. So, would you say, I, I think there's some people who are going to say that they they will say that this cast is probably drastic. Yes, and... I agree that it's drastic, and I think that drastic is what we need right now. These changes could mean the difference between feeding your family. And so we are doing this out of love for our audience. We're doing it out of love for each other. We're doing this at Manager Tools. We're all looking at our finances, deciding what we absolutely need and what we don't, because those things that we absolutely need will help us to survive. And those other things, for eliminating them can mean that we can survive for longer. So yes, this is drastic. We think this is what you need. Uh, any spending that is not necessary to house, feed, and medically support your family should be cut immediately and until the economy recovers. And we recommend you eliminate all discretionary spending immediately. Limit recurring expenses to the bare minimum so that everything going forward should be budgeted for and only that amount gets spent. Full stop. Yeah, and I promise you folks, if you're like me, I've already done this exercise. Uh, It was amazing, the stuff I found. Just Mm -hmm. amazing. There's two ways to look at any situation. There's the way you hope it will turn out and the way you fear it will turn out. And whether you tend to think about the former or the latter, hiring is always a big deal. To make sure it turns out the way you hope and not the way you fear, listen to Mark's new book, The Effective Hiring Manager, which is out on audiobook now, narrated by Mark. 
everything you need to know for a positive outcome. Find the links to all the ways you can purchase it on our website. Okay, so so let's give them how to. Okay, we've already been talking too long, and we haven't given them enough <laughs> how to. We've made our case for why. Now let's tell them how. Uh, okay, the first thing you say, step one: freeze and analyze. What do you mean? Starting right now, freeze your spending, your spouse's spending, your kids' spending. So genuinely, zero money going out through you know your cards, all your cash, everything. Eat only leftovers for the next two days, today and tomorrow. Take away everybody's debit card, their credit cards for 48 hours. Limit everybody to the gas in the car's tank for the next few days to get a handle on where you are. Yeah. So, for instance, if you're listening to this uh, on the way to work and it's 8 o'clock in the morning, okay? And um, uh, – or no, even better. What am I talking about? I'm picturing people driving to work the way I have been (laughs) for 15 years here on manager tools and career tools. But no, you're at home right now. Turn mm-hmm. to your spouse and say, we need a meeting, you and I, uh, in, in, you know, sometime tonight. But for now, don't buy anything, okay? Just don't buy anything. And yeah. when your spouse says, what do you mean don't buy anything? It, it's not hard to understand. Don't buy anything. Don't go to Amazon. Don't go to another uh, – don't go to any other site. Don't order food, okay? I'll eat cold food out of the pantry tonight. Uh, I, I want to stop our spending. And when your spouse goes, what are you talking about? Say, you know what? Every once in a while, just trust me, okay? (laughs) We can get by for six hours without spending a dime. I want to freeze our spending right now. And sometime before we go to bed tonight, we're going to go over all of the spending we have. Because I believe there's a recession coming. And I believe that no matter how good we are. Now, look, guys, I'll give you an exception. If you have a year's worth of salary saved up, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because if you have a year's salary saved up now, you could probably then cut expenses. You could wait a week to cut your expenses, and we'll tell you how to do it. Um, but you know what? If you have a year's uh, worth of, of revenue uh, salary saved up now, and then you went through this exercise, you would know that you probably had 18 months that you didn't have to work and you would be fine. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. One of the biggest problems with searching for work after an economic downturn is the feeling of shame, embarrassment, and fear that you have to have something in a week or a month or your your monetary house of cards will fall in. Mm-hmm. If you have a year's worth or six months worth, you're fine. You have time to prepare. You have time to think about companies. You have you you can buy a new tie if you need to. Um, m- maybe you need a, a new pair of slacks because you don't usually wear slacks to work, but you'll want to wear a pair of slacks or a coat and tie um, to an interview. All these things, I can tell you, I've seen the looks of desperation on people's faces. I've gotten emails. We've gotten thousands of emails over the years from people who are worried. They say, you know, I need to have something in the next 60 days or I'm going to be in trouble. So if you've got a year already, good. You can wait until the weekend to have this conversation, but I would still recommend you do it because I believe this recession will have impacts for six to nine months to a year. And don't assume that when the economy roars back necessarily, all of the jobs will come back. You have to assume that 
not all of them will, and you'll be in the hardest hit bucket, and you've got to have prepared for a raining day. Absolutely. So I keep doing soliloquies. I'm sorry. Okay. So how, <laughs> okay, we freeze. How, you say freeze and then analyze. So let's assume, right? So we've frozen. Yep. So now how do we analyze? All right. We're going to gather the necessary records and analyze your spending to make determinations about where and how much to spend based on what's necessary to feed, house, and medically support your family. We're going to look at non-negotiable costs. And the way to do this is to go into your bank statements online, copy and paste your previous three months credit card and bank statements into a spreadsheet. And even if you get paperless statements, uh, go and take the time to go into your bank account online and download the statements and paste them into a spreadsheet. What if I get paper statements? If you get paper statements, uh, you can use those, except that we would still recommend you go in online and download those electronic statements so that you can just copy paste. Uh, we promise you your bank will let you do this. You know, some of you guys might be used to uh, balancing checkbooks via paper and uh, I promise you your bank will still have your your statements for you and you can download them and copy and paste them into a spreadsheet because we're going to filter them. So we put them in the spreadsheet, then we're going to filter the columns and sort alphabetically by vendor. Uh, your mortgage, your insurance, your car payments, your, Ooh, pay, I like that. your paychecks, we're going to filter those out because those are your non-negotiable costs. And we probably can't change these amounts right now. So we're going to focus on the rest. Um, everything that isn't your mortgage, your insurance, your car payment, your paycheck, leave it in the sheet. And now we're going to go through the sheet line by line with your spouse, maybe on your own first, if you like, and with your spouse later, but with our spouse together. Um, as we do this, make sure to pay careful attention to cash withdrawals. See if you can find out too where that money went from a cash withdrawal. If you have a bunch of cash withdrawals, find out where that money went. We'll go through the spreadsheet line by line and divide everything up by non-negotiable versus discretionary. All discretionary costs are going to get eliminated and we're going to reduce costs as much as we can in the non-negotiable areas. So Kate, this is interesting to me. So when you say non-negotiable, suppose I play golf four times a month with my buddies on Saturday morning. And I play at a public course, a good public course near my house, and it's a hundred bucks. I'm telling my spouse, hey, that's non-negotiable, honey. And to my, to my thinking, that's non-negotiable. That's not what you mean. It's not. Uh, non-negotiable is your mortgage, um, your insurance, yeah. your medical costs, food, vehicles. Uh, it's not things that we feel are non-negotiable. It are It's the things that are non-negotiable that our family absolutely needs. Your family, I, they love you and they don't need you to play golf. Um, you know, that's an expense that we could, you could feed your family for $100 a week if you're careful. Yeah. So if I don't get laid off for three months, if I save that $100 a week, 400, three months, 400, 400 a month times three, 1200 bucks, that would be well, it'd be three months of feeding my family that I don't have to come up with in the future. I already have in savings. Okay, mm -hmm. good. The non-negotiable list should be as small as possible. I will say credit card debt. If you have credit card debt, we recommend you keep paying your minimum amount. So don't, you know, make things worse that way. Everything else, though, 
if it's on the if it's not on the non-negotiable list, we're going to work to eliminate it. We're going to limit our family spending to approved areas going forward. So probably your mortgage, your insurance, your medical costs, those come out automatically and for most of us, I would think. And so those things we're we're gonna leave around, we're gonna leave there, not mess with them. However, if you've got food costs, things like that, uh, gas, we're gonna we can pull that stuff out in cash and you can put it in envelopes. In general, uh, most of us are much more careful with our money when we can see it, when it's in cash. You know, when you swipe your debit card, because of the lack of physicality of the money, we we tend to spend more. So I recommend you you pull out the money that you're going to spend on gas and groceries and things like that that's budgeted. Put it in envelopes for each amount for budget, you know, one envelope for your gas, one envelope for groceries. If you want, you could give every person in your family an envelope. You can write down on the envelope what they could use the money for, tell them how long they have to use that money for, right? How long they have. You could do that. Um, maybe I'm, you, you mentioned I'm on the frugal side of things. Maybe I wouldn't do that. Maybe, you know, I'd hold the purse strings pretty tight right now. You may choose to do it differently. I do recommend, though, that you you tell your family when you plan to reassess. If that's in a month or two, let them know, hey, we're going to look at this in a little bit. We're going to reassess. But for now, this is how we're we're going to manage these finances. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you, um, I, I've just discovered recently as I think about this how uh, easy it is. You know, it's a stupid thing. I mean, people will probably laugh at me for saying it. Certainly, uh, there are big things you can you can cut out that will save you cash, and this may cause you to do a more global review and say, do we really need this big a house? Uh, you know, uh, may, maybe we ought to be cutting that. What, how could I live on 30% less money? And then that 30% goes toward first building up my, my safety net in cash and then investing for our future. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I have to tell you something, I I've gotten the bug uh, and our friend Maggie Tucker would love to hear this, but for instance, I don't need Gatorade. I don't need apple juice. I don't need grape juice. I haven't had I haven't had a, a sip of scotch in a week. And I don't actually drink that much scotch. But three months from now, I'm still gonna have every bit of scotch I have in the house. And probably when the when the uh uh when the economy turns around, I'll have some Macallan 25, which was a gift that I didn't buy and haven't so I didn't spend any money on it. <laughs> but I can drink water, and by the way, not bottled water, tap water. Okay. Now you might now. Now my wife Rhonda is going to still drink bottled water. That that's fine with me. I'm I'm okay with that because I know exactly how much I figured out in the last week how much bottled water we buy, and we're going to have to buy it half as often. Mm. Now, it's it's, just, it's literally as simple as that, and no more Gatorade. And I added it up. We spent a few hundred dollars on Gatorade in the last year. So this year, we'll going forward, we'll save a few hundred dollars on Gatorade. I don't need any more grape juice or apple juice. I like it every once in a while. You know, um, obviously, uh, these are, are small things. But you know what? This is a final chance to get back at the world with its whole death of a thousand cuts thing. <laughs> I'm going to kill my spending problem with the death of a thousand cuts. There, there are other things that we're going to cut as well. But guys, lest you think we're lecturing you and we're not doing this, I've already done it. And and by the way, our company has done it with a podcast called Race Don't Chase. If you're unfamiliar with that phrase, Race Don't Chase, um, Google it. 
Um, I, I'm surprised that we come up first on race, don't chase, because it's a known executive tool talks about how to keep your company successful during a downturn. And, uh, we're doing this because we believe it and we don't, uh, you know, we don't just talk the talk here, although it sounds like that's what we do. We, um, we live our guidance here. If we're not doing it, we don't recommend you do it. Absolutely. Okay. I'm sorry, Kate. I took us off track here. You're not off track at all. Probably the biggest place that most of us can save money is our discretionary spending. You know, Drucker says you can't control costs. You can only cut them. We're going to cut hard into discretionary spending. Uh, this includes many things. Uh, Mark mentioned Gatorade and, and anything that isn't tap water because tap water is free. Yeah, tap water. Yeah, no bottled water, no sodas, no no other drinks. Um, your coffee should be from home. You're probably at home, so maybe it's a little easier, but no more Starbucks. Let's go a step further. You know, I, I know people have very fancy coffee machines, and I think that's all great, but you can buy cheap coffee. You can shave 10, 20 bucks off of your budget every month by buying some cheaper coffee. And look, if you want to keep buying the expensive stuff, that's fine, okay? But ask yourself three months from now or six months from now when you're in a pinch economically with your family, ask yourself if you can remember how that coffee tasted. And I would argue the answer is no. Good. Uh, we're going to eat only food from home, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. Uh, cancel all upcoming personal appointments. So cancel your, unless they're medical, but this means no more salon visits, nail appointments, uh, you know, anything that's personal upkeep kind of in this area. Yeah. To be clear, guys, we, we understand many of you who are listening, many of you are listening are, are quarantined or shelter in place and so on. But we're talking about once that's lifted, don't make those appointments all of a sudden. And right now, nobody cares that your hair is getting a little longer or your nails aren't filled in the right way. Um, I, I certainly would find it, you know, uh, I wouldn't have any problem if every one of our employees at Manager Tools, and we do video chats throughout the week, I wouldn't have any problem with somebody who wore the same set of clothes two days in a row in order to cut down on their on their spending. I wouldn't have any problem at all. Now, I, I don't want them wearing a, a spaghetti-stained sweatshirt at our morning operations call Friday morning. But other than that, if somebody wants to wear uh, the same clothes two or three days in a row while they're home, I think that's fine. And I, and I think that if the moment the, the quarantine is lifted, you go out and start spending money, you're forgetting that phase two of the virus is going to be the economic impacts. Okay. I keep interrupting, Kate. Sorry. In case you're wondering if how much we live our own stuff, I cut my own hair this week, which you can do. Maybe. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We recommend that you eliminate this discretionary spending as much as you can. I mean, that applies too as well to like all your memberships, uh, gym memberships. You could go for a run outside. You can use the old weights you have in the garage. There's a lot of online or free workout videos available. We want you to stay healthy. Staying healthy yep. is good, but you don't have to spend money to stay healthy, which memberships also yeah. include your cable, things like that. Uh, Cancel cable TV. If you can't fathom this, uh, think about 
you know, you could probably spend less using a streaming service. Choose only one. You know, think about when did you pass last pay for Prime, Netflix, whatever streaming service you use. Figure out which one you paid for most recently and how long that membership lasts and cancel virtually everything else. Um, consider, you know, Pandora. I canceled this week. I canceled Pandora because you can still listen. There are just ads. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, Apple right. Music. You can always restart these later. And you need this money. They don't <laughs> in many cases. Um, you can read the books that you already have. You can get an online library card and listen to books and read books yep. for free. Uh, you can find a free streaming news service. Uh, if you're wondering how do you cancel subscriptions on an iPhone, go into settings. At the very top, there's your name, your Apple ID. If you click there, then you can scroll down. There's a subscriptions area where you can see and cancel those. You'd be shocked. I think it's like fourth. It's the fourth thing down. It says subscriptions. And I just have to address this because I went in and, you know, I have a couple of golf apps that I pay a buck a month for. I killed them because actually I don't use them anymore. I used to use them as electronic scorecards. And now I've actually built my own scorecard for my local course that includes some stats that I want to keep on my game. If you don't know, if you're listening for the first time, folks, that is my one vice outside of work. I don't get a lot of time to do anything but work, but by gosh, I'm going to play golf. Um, and um, I was astounded at all the subscriptions I can get rid of. In fact, I'll give you a good example. I love Microsoft and I, I love Microsoft Office, but I discovered I've always had trouble seeing Excel spreadsheets on my phone. And I generally don't need them on my iPad. And I already have Microsoft Office, a, a two-seat license, one for my laptop and one for my desktop. And 99% of the time, if I'm looking or creating uh, a Word or Excel or a PowerPoint document, I am doing it on a desktop or a laptop. In other words, in the Mac world, using the Mac OS, not iOS. And I was paying for a Microsoft Office 365 subscriptions. And it never even occurred to me that Office 365, I should have known this, that Office 365 was a subscription, whereas I had bought what was old-fashioned box software. Of course, it's just downloaded from Amazon. And so I canceled the subscription. And as it happened, I was lucky because one of the renewals was April of 2020. Awesome. Uh, and I saved 70 bucks. Now, in this particular case, it was a company expense, so I saved the company 70 bucks, not me personally, 70 bucks. Uh, but still, why, why, why wouldn't I, I want to do that? All right, sorry, uh, got excited there. <laughs> I think a lot of us would be surprised by what's in our subscription list, and we don't recommend that you keep it just because it's only a couple of dollars, unless you use it every single day, because all these things add up. Another really good way to do this, there's an app called Truebill, which it tells you what subscriptions you have. Um, you can use the app to alert you to your monthly bills, and it also will allow you to unsubscribe for many of them within the Truebill app. You can pay as much as you believe that Truebill is worth. Uh, the average amount people pay is $7. I used it for um, two months to unsubscribe and actually ended up saving more than I paid. And then just set a reminder at the end of the month to cancel Truebill and say, okay, I, you know, I'm not using it anymore. Yeah. You should remember to look through your kids' phones for annual subscriptions that may not show up in the analysis that you did with your bank statements, yep. by the way. Also, because 
a lot of kids apps, I think, do like in-app purchases. Yeah. And, and if you have a really, really close relationship with your kids and you can sit down with them and they're, they're uh, at the right age where you can talk to them about it and, and say, look, I, I know this is going to hurt, but we're going to take away these four or five things. And I know you use them a lot, and I'm asking you just to be careful. The world's going through a very tough time here. This is a shared sacrifice. Now, there are other kids, uh, and you would know better than I would, there are other kids that it doesn't matter how calm and nice and polite you are, they're going to be amazed when something is canceled. And I encourage you to remain calm and simply say, I'm sorry, this is what we're doing to economize. And folks... I have seven kids, okay? I know what it's like. And and I'm sorry, now is the time to put your foot down. And I, I heard once, somebody told me once, Mark, the problem with people putting their foot down is how hard they put it down. But putting your foot down means I've made a decision and this is final. You can communicate that calmly. You don't have to put your foot, you don't have to stop. Just say, nope, this is final. Because in fact, in your home, it's not a democracy. Uh, and there are times when power needs to be centralized in order for the family to have a long runway into the future rather rather than arguments about spending and spending not being cut, creating problems 30, 60, 90, 180 days from now. Don't go through that. We don't want that for your family. Okay, but there's got to be more, right? We, we can do more, right? Absolutely. Um, in addition to eliminating discretionary costs, we're going to reduce our other costs where we can. Of course, I recommend that you continue to pay your rent, your mortgage, your insurance, um, your electricity, your, your internet. We know a lot of you are working from home and you probably need internet. You may still be able to make changes, though, to reduce your outlay in those areas. Uh, reassess your package of services. Pay only your minimum credit card bill right now. Yeah, uh, you know, can I go back to the package and services thing? I, I have to tell you, the number of people I find, I, I, I've never done this. I don't know why. I'm not sure. I, I probably spent more money than I needed to. But I never liked this idea of, hey, go to this. We have an introductory pricing thing of a dollar a month. And then they don't tell you that in three months it goes up. And then because it went up and you didn't, then it goes up again. And you don't realize there's another offer to be had. I'm not suggesting you surf offers. I'm not sure that's in my ethical bailiwick, but but I, I will say that you probably don't know how much you're spending. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that will come out of your analysis is maybe you text or you know message three or four of your friends and say, hey guys, we live in the same neighborhood. How much are you paying for internet? And you discover that you're paying 200 and they're paying 99. And you're pretty sure they're pretty sure they're not an introductory rate. You know, uh, it, it may not be right now. It may not be a good time to change it, but it might be a good time to change it in two weeks mm -hmm. when you're not working from home. These things creep up, especially the ones that are billed paperlessly. You know, they creep up on you. And it's a good time to find out if you are paying for a, a channel you didn't realize you had, because that happens to me occasionally. Oh, you're paying for Showtime or Stars or something. And we don't need that. Um, we are going to pay minimum credit card bills. We said that. But you can limit your behaviors in other areas and make a really large difference. So one of the greatest things that we've 
talked about that uh, historically I've been pretty serious about is reducing your electricity costs around AC and heating. And it's yep. it's common, I think, to make fun of this, but restrict the temperatures on your thermostat. Set the heat at 60 and the AC at 80. Uh, start a fire. Open a window. Put on a sweater. Put on two sweaters. Use cold water in the washing machine. Uh, a lot of washing machines, you know, you, you can choose. You can use cold water. You can uh, line dry, you know, rugs and towels, bigger items, so that they don't take up a lot of electricity when you're running the dryer. Turn off lights. Uh, unplug things that aren't being used all day long. Uh, think about your electricity cost, your outlay there. Um, a really great way to do that, by the way, is also to use a crock pot. And, and the next thing we're going to suggest is to reduce your cost around food. Uh, of course, please still feed your family. Can I go back to the part about about laundry and cold yeah. cold uh, cold water? So y- you may not know this, folks, but uh, there's something called a navy shower where water on board submarines uh, is very limited. And so uh, what you do is you go in, you get yourself wet, and then you turn off the shower and you soap up, and then you turn on the shower again and wash all the soap off. You could absolutely do that. You may not like it. But I'll give you another example. I take two showers a day, once when I get up, once before I go to bed. And um, I don't use conditioner on my hair before I go to bed at night anymore. Uh, It's a small thing, but I'm going to double the value of that bottle of conditioner. I remember listening to our friend Maggie Tucker, who said she would literally take the shampoo and conditioner bottles she was using. And because there was always some stuff left at the bottom that she wanted to get, she would cut it in half so she could get to the part at the bottom. I, uh-huh. I love it. And and most of you, you're probably thinking, wow, this has been too far. I'm not suggesting you have to do that thing. I'm suggesting we have all, in the richness of our lives, become unaware of the potential savings we can create by by thinking more frugally. That's certainly been my experience. Absolutely. Another place we can reduce costs while still doing the right thing uh, is around food. We can reduce our food costs and still feed our families very well. It, it does take a little planning, but you're smart people. So very little food should get thrown out going forward. Um, of course, the biggest thing to do is eat leftovers. Uh, also, though, look at what food you have on hand right now. Figure out what's going to go bad. Uh, eat that first. You know, I ate a mango this morning because it was the one that was the most ripe. And I thought it was the most risky one in terms of in a couple of days from now, what would still be good. Uh, look at your food in your pantry and your fridge. I'm betting a lot of people in their pantry, they have a lot of things in the pantry that they either rarely use or have used once. Really good example is I have a lot of different kinds of breadcrumbs and I got them for a a cool recipe. And then there's a bunch of kinds in there. It's time to get creative. It's time to use those foods. Um, Make a meal plan for the next two, maybe three weeks. Decide on the meals you're going to feed your family in advance and then plan a grocery list based on that meal plan. And and I want you to start with the stuff you have. If you have a bunch of rice, okay, chicken and rice every night. And then what you need is chicken and the vegetables that go with it. Um, think about what's going to be used in your dinner recipe from one night and consider using that in the recipe for the next night. So if you're going to make chicken with broccoli tonight, tomorrow at lunch, you can probably make a broccoli salad. Of course, you know, so many things that you already have can be used and uh, can be leveraged. 
into the next recipe. If you don't know a lot about meal prepping, this is a great time to learn. Pinterest is free. It has an incredible amount of both meal planning options and crockpot meal recipes. Uh, a really great trick is to buy very little or cheaper meats, meats that are going to um, expire in a few days. You can buy those, cook them right away, freeze them, and that way you'll have them. Canned vegetables are really helpful. Uh, lots of frozen food, bulk foods are a good thing to buy right now. Uh, things that'll last, right? Yeah. Can I can I just say something here? I, I, one of the things that, uh, you know, Kate is much younger than me, 30, I think roughly 30 years younger than me. So uh, by the time Kate started her professional life, being a foodie was a thing. Foodies didn't exist when I started my professional life. We had gourmands and there was a small, now, now thanks to the wonderful profusion of in, information available on the internet, there are many more people who are foodies. I've always sort of thought of foodies as being in two camps. Those people who are quite serious about food because of health or uh, spiritual, religious, uh, it, it, food becomes uh, an addendum to something else in their life. And then there are people that would have gone by the old name of gourmands that were seriously into food and eating interesting food and, and really preparing it to high quality and so on. Um, l- let's be clear, uh, if, if you're a foodie, spending more money for those expensive accessories for having saffron in the house, which is one of my all-time favorite foods, but I never eat it. Um, all of this is a eliminatable expense. And uh, it will probably be difficult for you, more difficult than some of us who are fine eating SpaghettiOs. Yeah, I, I would absolutely be happy to eat SpaghettiOs. But I would encourage you to not look down your nose at me for that. I'm sure it's not good food, uh, but it basically serves my functions. Eating is one of the things I actually hate to do because it takes time and it provides very little value other than necessary fuel. <laughs> but but if you think of yourself as a foodie, this this is going to be harder on you. And we're still telling you to make the cuts. Okay. Uh, it's as simple as that. And you can go back to being a foodie once you've gone through this process a year from now, and you will always remember this time, and it will cause you to say, I need to save more, I need to spend less in the near term, so the next time this happens, and folks, this will happen again, you will have money saved up, and this will be the only time in your life where you'll have to forego those things. Oh, I'm going to get email about that. It even that Mentality applies to the store as well. There are things at the store not to buy, right? You don't need any new condiments. Open the door of your fridge. There's probably 25 condiments in there. You don't need more condiments. You don't need fresh herbs. You can use dried ones for you foodies. Maybe that's a pinch. And it's there's a difference in terms of like how much you spend. You don't need to buy baby carrots. Guys, if you don't know, baby carrots are just regular carrots peeled and cut into small carrots. There's no such thing as a baby carrot. So stop buying those. (laughs) No bagged veggies unless they're frozen. Um, You know, those those steamer bags. Don't buy those. Buy a whole head of broccoli. Buy the big bag, the whole squash. Now is maybe not the time to be buying paper towels. Get a set of dish towels and wash them every couple, probably every other day. Dish towels get pretty dirty, but paper towels are... A luxury right now. Um, switch to 
Only laundry detergent. Don't use fabric softener. No more Swiffer pads or dusters. Uh, Use a rag on the bottom of your Swiffer like a mop. Buy cheap cleaning supplies. Switch to bar soap. Uh, Limit your use of Ziploc bags. Use Tupperware. Um, Yep. It's not popular to say it, but all of these small changes can free up funds really quickly. And I think, in my mind, it's time to think like your grandmother, your great-grandmother. There are lessons from previous generations that were learned during times of really big economic hardships. And those lessons will serve us well now. In terms of transportation, I recommend you stop driving to anywhere that isn't work or the grocery store. Consider walking to the grocery store if you can. Uh, Decide how much gas and transportation is going to cost for your family. Put it in the envelope and only spend that amount. Uh, Bundle your drives. Stop at the grocery store on the way home, the gas station on the way into work. If this does nothing else but cause you to question getting in the car for a very small reason, that's a win. You know, I I think to myself um, about getting in the car to go to Sonic. Okay, well, if you don't get in the car and you don't go to Sonic, you don't spend that money on gas and you don't spend that money on milkshakes. Well, that's a savings, right? Yeah, yeah. There's so many ways to reduce your spending that you might not think of right away. Uh, We talked about this yesterday. You can print out fewer things. Print in black and white. Print on the back of previously used pages. Um, Consider setting your printer to draft quality. And if you can't, remember to change the settings every time that you print so that it is draft quality. Print until the ink is actually out, not just threatening you. Yeah, they've made it harder. On my Mac and my HP uh, inkjet printer, it won't let me change the the default settings without maybe going into terminal or something like that in Mac, which I'm not willing to do at the expense of breaking my computer. (laughs) So every time I print, I have to go in and I've got a, I've got a a stack of about 25 pages that I printed on, including shortly these show notes and I'm putting them upside down next to the printer. And I've got a few more sheets of paper and then I'm going to reprint on the back of this. Now, it makes it easy for me. After I've used the front side, I cross through it mm-hmm. um, so that I know which side of the page I'm supposed to be reading when it comes out of the printer. But I've just doubled my printing capacity. Okay, And something else. Uh, now, I'm I'm actually – the next phase of that for me at work is – uh, I get a document that normally would be something, let's say I have to edit some show notes like these. I would normally print it out and make notes with my pen on it and then take pictures of it and send it to you, something like that. Uh, I, I don't like typing when I'm editing, but that takes printing, okay? I can avoid that. I can send your document as a PDF to my Kindle software on my iPad and then use editing software on my iPad to make notes, and I've just saved on printing. And my entire experience in the last two weeks is I catch myself 20 times a day going, that costs money, that costs money. It's a very small amount of money, but it adds up. I mean, how much money do I spend on print printer ink? Yeah. I don't know, it's a couple hundred bucks a year? Okay, a couple hundred bucks a year. Now, in this particular case, the company pays for it. But let's say it's 250 bucks a year, okay? Because I print a lot of stuff. Uh, um, I, I produce a lot of words in my job, and I have to look at them. And I have printed versions of the show notes 
when I do podcasts. And I'm seriously rethinking that and thinking about doing them on my computer screen. I've always had them printed out. But 250 bucks a year is 20 bucks a month. If I can find four, five, six things like that, that's 100, 100 bucks a month. That's 100 bucks a month I don't have to make. It's 100 bucks a month I'm putting away for future income. 100 bucks a month times four fades, feeds my family. Yeah. That's another thing to do is print until the ink is actually out, not just threatening you because my printer tells me all the time. And if it's just for yourself, you know, if it's not oh, going yes. anywhere, like I just print until I yeah. can't see the words, right? So till you can't read it anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah another thing too, I, I, uh, you know, if you print in black and the black is out, print in blue, print in red. I, now my eyes are getting old. I'm almost 60. So I could print it in yellow, but I probably couldn't read it. These are all small things and they may sound trivial. They may sound kind of silly, but they do add up. And if you can add up enough of these things, you can put this money in other places, places where you actually need it. It could take a really long time for things to go back to normal. And so you may find that this serves you well. You may find that it also means that some of these changes become part of your new normal. When we go back to what we are all thinking of as normal, your normal might have shifted. And taking action in regards to your finances now can make a really big difference in terms of how long the changes affect you. Yeah. And and guys, look, we're not trying to tell you we told you so relative to our guidance from years ago about having six months cash on hand. I can assure you the people that have six months cash on hand, many of them are not just at the top of the economic scale. They're just learned to live within their means for a long, long time and forego small pleasures and more expensive choices for cheaper choices. And they're going to ride this out better than most of us. And where you are is where you are. This is not fantasy tools. This is manager tools and career tools. And we know many of you are in a place that worries you. And we want you to do whatever you can now. Yeah, it would have been great if you started a year ago. But as the Marines say, do what you can with what you have where you are right now. Okay, Kate, can you can you summarize for us? Absolutely. In this, the spring of 2020, we're recommending that you cut your personal spending to only that which is necessary and start today, start this week. Spend only what is needed in order to be able to survive on what you make for a longer period of time so that you can make a difference for your family and yourself during this time of uncertainty and a little bit of fear. Okay, that's it. A long cast, folks. But we decided not to split this into two parts because we know a week could make a difference for many of us. Good luck in the days and weeks ahead. Stay safe, take care of your family, and tune in next week. Talk to you next week. <laughs>